Magic number 13, the Atlanta Braves winning streak continues as they get a 10-4 win over the Washington Nationals on Tuesday. We'll talk about all of the offensive barrage of home runs that the Atlanta Braves are putting up lately and just how they stack up against the rest of the league. We'll also talk about Max Fried's up-and-down performance in this big win on Tuesday. We'll cover all that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jacob Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also cover college baseball for College Baseball Nation and College World Series is starting this weekend as well. Should be a lot of fun there. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves, where you can be part of the conversation. Send me any comments, questions, feedback that you have for the podcast. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today we'll be talking about the big win on Tuesday. The Braves win another game. They're 13th in a row, get a bunch more home runs. We'll talk about Max Fried's performance and Jackson Stevens as well out of the bullpen, and then we'll set you up for Wednesday's game where the Rays will try to continue their winning ways. But let's start with Tuesday, and the Braves do win their 13th straight game. They win 10-4 to over the Washington Nationals, jumping out to a huge lead once again and using the home run ball to do so. Talked about it on Tuesday's podcast. This was the game you had to win. I'm you know, No offense to our partners at Bet Online. I'm not a betting man, but if I were, this would have been the game, I think, that you throw the house at. Um, you had Max Freed on the mound, even though it wasn't his best performance. You had a guy in the Nationals making his big league debut, and the Nationals were out without their only, or not only, but their best player in Juan Soto. So this was the game the Braves had to win, even though they won 12 in a row. I feel like this was a game they really had to win with their ace on the mound and a limping Nationals team who just put Strasburg on the IL, who was supposed to start this game. Josiah Gray, perhaps their best starter right now, uh, didn't go on Monday because of the rain delay, and you knew they weren't going to push him back out there on Tuesday. It sounds like they're not going to throw him on Wednesday either, so the Braves may skip him altogether this time around, which is good news for the Braves because they have not had a ton of success against Josiah Gray. So this was the game I felt like the Braves really needed to win just based on the matchup. And they did. They got it done. 10-4 victory, and they keep the streak alive. But let's break down how they won this game and really how they've won both of these games, and it's the offense. And we're starting to see the offense that we thought we would see from the Atlanta Braves this summer. And you knew once things started to heat up a little bit, and I know they're playing in Washington, but it is as hot as can be right now in Birmingham, and I know Atlanta as well. And we're starting to see the ball travel a little bit better and still not as much as I think we normally would, but the balls are traveling more frequently than we saw earlier in the year. Maybe some of that is some of the swing changes that I know Adam Duvall and Marcelo Zuna have talked about 
But I do think the weather is starting to play a factor in that as well. And the Braves offense is certainly clicking right now. We're going to talk about that and just how deep the lineup has become. But in particular on Tuesday, the offense went to work early against the kid making his big league debut. And I apologize. I'm not even going to try to say the name there, but making his big league debut and really having to just eat it as the Nationals really didn't want to have to use more of their bullpen. Bray scored one in the first, one in the second, and five in the third inning. And, you know, the Nationals are thinking, here we go again. And also, you know, you have a, a young kid on the mound making his debut, and unfortunately he just had to suffer through all of that. They go on to score 10 runs on a night where Acuna and Riley don't get a hit. And that's kind of what I was referencing referencing a minute ago is, look, earlier in the year when the Braves were slumping so bad, yes, they were facing better competition, better pitching, but it seemed like everybody in the lineup was slumping at the same time. And now you're seeing where, you know, if a guy like Acuna or Riley has a night off, there are others in the lineup who can pick up the slack. And there are going to be nights where Acuna and Riley are on and everybody else is kind of struggling. So, that's kind of what we envision with this offense is one through nine. You have guys who can take you deep at any point. You have guys that are going to get on base and put together good at bats. And that's what we're starting to see from this Braves offense. And it's really fun when they're clicking. Again, I'm not trying to you know pour water on this long winning streak they have, but they're going up against lesser competition and quite frankly, just not great pitching, but they're doing what they should do. And when you ha you're going to have a lot of these games over the course of the season, not everybody has a Sandy Alcant Alcantara. Not everybody has a Zach Wheeler. And those were some pitchers that the Braves were facing when this streak started. So you have to take advantage when you face this type of pitching and the Braves are doing that right now and something they weren't doing earlier in the year. So again, I'm not trying to um, discredit what the Braves are doing in this winning streak. They're doing exactly what they should do and that's great that's what they weren't doing earlier in the year which made it so frustrating they weren't doing what they should be doing in beating up pitching like this and taking advantage against teams under 500 frankly teams that shouldn't be playing to the level of the braves and rather i think the braves were playing to the level of those teams so this is great what they are doing it is exactly what they had to do in order to get back in the division race and the postseason pitcher which they now are they are currently in a playoff spot as a wild card team, and they're within striking dis distance of the Mets. So this is what we envision with this offense, and we're starting to see it. Again, scoring 10 runs on a night where Acuna and Riley don't get a hit. Somebody who did get a hit and got several of them is Michael Harris II, and what a series he is having out there in Washington. A three-hit game, another homer, another one to left center field. And they mentioned on the broadcast, I don't know why they keep shifting Michael Harris. He, he continues to just lace the ball to, to left center. Um, but, you know, keep doing it. That's fine. I love this kid's approach at the plate. I think he's just getting better and better. The home run again, another pitch off the plate away, and he has the strength to just take it that way. So great to see. He's starting to, to give in to some of that power that he has. And so love seeing that. Travis Darno, three hits, three runs, three runs batted in. Another homer in this game, another ball where somehow he's able to pull his hands in and keep it fair for a home run right down the line. The catching situation, we talked about it on the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. If you haven't checked that out over at Locked On Sports Atlanta, 
the catching duo for the Atlanta Braves is just unreal right now. 17 home runs combined. Travis Darno and William Contreras just getting it done. And then Orlando Arcia takes over for Ozzy Albies and immediately a two-hit game, a home run, a ball that he just absolutely crushed. This is big for Orlando Arcia. And I wrote about this on TomahawkTake.com. You know, he's more than capable of holding down that second base position until hopefully Ozzy comes back. Again, I don't know exactly what his return will look like, if it'll be this year and at what point it will be this year. Certainly don't want to rush that injury back with a foot injury. But Orlando RC is more than capable of holding it down. He's been a starter in the past, below league average, honestly, as a starter or starting player. But he at least has a ton of experience playing at the big league level. Not a ton of experience at second base, but he has a great arm that will cover up a lot of deficiencies that he may have at the position. And I think he'll be just fine there overall. But the bat has been very good for Marcia this year. Who knows if that continues now that he'll be playing every day. But it's a big, big role for him. I'm excited for him. The kid is still just 27 years old. He came up when he was 21, so he's still very young. Now he has a lot of experience under his belt. He seems to be getting better as a hitter in the, the spurts that we've seen of him this year. So we'll see what he can do. And again, not a lot of pressure. He's going to be batting seventh or eighth in the lineup. So not a lot of pressure there to produce, not asking for much from, from Orlando Arcia. But I think the Braves will be okay with him there until Ozzy is able to return. And, uh, you know, while I hate it for Ozzy, certainly don't want to see him get injured. I'm happy for Orlando Arcee and that he's going to get another opportunity to start and play every day and, you know, get a chance to prove that he can. You know, I know he's with the Braves at least for another year, potentially two more years, but, you know, he could be looking for a starting opportunity somewhere in, in a year or two. And this is an opportunity for him to show the Braves and other teams that he can still play every day. All right, next I want to look into uh, dive into the offensive statistics for the Braves and just how good they've been, as particularly with the long ball. We'll talk about that next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will, hand, will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. I mentioned it briefly in the first segment. This Atlanta Braves offense is finally clicking like we thought they could. And yes, they're taking advantage of some bad pitching, but it's what you need to do. And it's what you should do over the course of 162. If you do that, it's going to lead to a postseason 
birth. So let's talk a little bit about what this offense has been doing in terms of their ranks in the major leagues. This was um, at the end of Tuesday night. There were a couple of games still going on, but the Braves are second in home runs to the Yankees. They're sixth in runs scored, second in doubles, and second in OPS. Now, this is where you look at a different side of the Braves offense and one that could come back to bite them. They're 12th in batting average, not terrible. 15th in on-base percentage, so middle of the pack. 17th in walks. They don't walk a ton. First in strikeouts. Strikeouts have been a problem. And 19th in stolen bases. So you look at the good and the bad there with what the Braves are doing. And obviously, they hit a ton of home runs. They hit a ton of extra base hits. They score a lot of runs. Those are all great things, but you look at the strikeouts, that's a problem. They don't walk a lot, that's a problem. You look up and down the lineup, and Acuna and Dansby each have you know double-digit stolen bases. Now with Michael Harrison there, you have another guy in the order who can steal a base. All three of those guys are batting consecutively in the order, but you look three through eight in this lineup, and it's a lot of guys who are station to station. You even saw that in some of these Nats games where, you know, Ozuna gets a hit, it's a single. You know, Duvall gets a hit, it's a single. Arcia gets a hit, it's a single. And his base is loaded after three singles. That's that's probably my only gripe with this offense. They strike out too much. They don't take enough walks. And they're more station to station. But the way to overcome that hit the ball over the fence. And that's what the Braves are doing. And that's what this offense is built to do. And that's how this offense just won a World Series. You go back and watch that World Series run and just how many big home runs they had. And they're going to live and die by it. And we know it. And I've talked about it before. When the home runs aren't coming and they aren't coming with runners on base, as we saw earlier in the year, this can be a frustrating offense to watch. But when they're clicking like they have been during the streak, and especially like they have here in Washington, it is a lot of fun, and they're first in slugging. And that's why the Braves are where they are right now. It's why they've won 13 in a row. It's what's, again, it's either what's going to carry them to the postseason and another deep run, or it's what's going to doom them. The fact that they are so dependent on the home run, they're so dependent on extra base hits. I mean, Matt Olson leading the league, in doubles, you know, it's not just the home runs. They're getting extra base hits as well, which is why they are first in slugging percentage. But that's what that's what this offense does when it's clicking and when, you know, again, up and down the lineup, one through nine, they're all capable of taking you deep. You look at the slugging percentage numbers, and some of these are small sample sizes, but Contreras, 674 slugging with nine home runs. Michael Harris, a 549 slugging with two home runs. Orlando Arcia, 519 and two home runs. Riley, 508, 16 home runs. Acuna, 500 slugging percentage, six home runs. Swanson, 470 and nine homers. Travis Darno, 470 and eight homers. Matt Olson, 448 and eight homers. Ozuna, 418 and 12 homers. Albies, 405 and eight home runs. Duvall, seven home runs. You're talking about a team that at the all-star break, they could have nine players with double-digit home runs and probably at least one with 20 home runs, if not more. That's what this offense can do. That's how this offense can hurt other teams, and it's what they can, how they can do damage each and every night. One through nine, they have players that can take you deep. And again, that's how 
this team just won a World Series, along with some great pitching that they got in the postseason, both from their starters and the bullpen that I think gets overlooked a good bit. But the way they're going to score is home runs. We know that. I've talked about that several times. It's the way they generate their offense. They're not going to play small ball. They're not going to string a bunch of hits together. They're looking for a hit and a homer, a walk and a homer. Um, that's what this offense does. And again, when it's working the way that it should, it it, it works and it gets success and it gets results. Again, I have to keep repeating this. They just won a World Series with this offense. So again, I'm not trying to say that this isn't a good offensive strategy. I think the dead and balls kind of hurts them a little bit, but Again, I think we're seeing kind of over the streak and again the past couple of games what this offense can do when it's at its best and when you have guys one through nine who are clicking and that can take you deep at any moment. And that's what the offense is doing right now. And that's what they did on Tuesday. Switching to the pitching side of things real quickly, just from Tuesday, Max Freed, five and two-thirds innings, six hits, four earned, one walk, six strikeouts. For, for me, the final line looks worse than it actually was. He was not his best on Tuesday, and that is for sure. But a couple of plays in this game kind of changed everything. He he walked the first batter in the bottom of the third after a long top of the third inning. As you all know, sometimes you sit down for that long and get a little cold, can mess with, mess with your command. He walks that leadoff batter, but he has him picked off at first base if Matt Olsen can just hang on to the ball and apply the tag. And then who knows how that inning plays out differently as it goes. You know, he gives up a couple of hits, bloop hits, and ends up giving up three runs in the inning. And then to start the sixth inning, Matt Olson makes a bad throw to Max Freed, who's trying to run and cover the bag. Max can't get his foot on the bag. They call him out at first, and then, of course, it's overturned because, well, I mean, I don't think he touched the bag, but replay also hates the Braves. Those two plays, if they get made, I mean, there's a very good chance Max Freed pitches six scoreless innings. But... This was the the first time since his second start of the year that he didn't go at least six innings. And again, had that play been made in the sixth inning, I think he gets through six. Still, every start this year, he's gone at least five and a third innings. I mean, that is what your ace, that is what your workhorse does. He had 29 swings, swing and misses, plus called strikes on Tuesday, which is still very good. As I've said before, anything around 30 of a combination of swings and misses and called strikes is a very good night. And he had an average exit velocity against of just 86.1 miles per hour. So you dive into the outing a little bit more, and it's still a typical ace-type Max Freed start. Again, just a couple of plays there that if they go differently, I think this is a much better start for Max Freed. Another start where he didn't have his curveball command, a little little questioning, little uncomfortable for him, I'm sure. And it seems like he seemed frustrated with it at time, but that slider has been really good for him this year. So again, I thought it was a, a good, not great outing for Max Reed. A couple of things go his way. And I think it's much better still the fact that he almost got through six innings after throwing over 60 pitches in the first three innings. Again, that's, that's your ACE. Max Reed is your ACE. That's what you expect from him and that's what he gives you each time he goes out there and then jackson stevens i mean we talked about dylan lee the night before and the job he did coming in and kind of bridging that gap jackson steven covers three innings in a blowout game to finish things off i can't understate or, or state enough how huge that is when you have a big lead you can go to a guy like jackson stevens who 
can just make the rest of the game stress-free. You don't have to worry about getting anybody else in your up in your bullpen. You don't have to worry about using any other starters. You know, it's not easy to do in a blowout game to come in and just throw three scoreless innings like that. We've seen it several times where you have a reliever come in and he'll walk a couple of batters then get a couple of batters on base and things start to get a little tight and then you got to get somebody up in the bullpen. You got to start warming up, you know, your back-end guys. And Jackson Stevens and what Dylan Lee did last night and what Jesse Chavez has done, that is absolutely huge for this Braves team and currently over this run of success. And, you know, you look back at the end of the season, you're not going to say, man, that was great that time Jackson Stevens pitched three scoreless innings to finish off a blowout game. But if it leads to Minter and Jansen being fresh for a close win on Wednesday or a close win on Thursday – I mean, what Jackson Stevens did on Tuesday could have an effect and could lead to a win in the next couple of games for the Braves. So, again, it can't be overstated how big those innings were from Stevens on Tuesday and Lee on Monday as well, especially with Colin McHugh out, which I haven't heard much about him lately, um, but hopefully he's back soon. And then Tyler Matzik, who it sounds like is working his way back. So great stuff out of the bullpen there for the Atlanta Braves. All right, next we'll preview Wednesday's game and talk about how the Atlanta Braves can finish off a sweep of the Nationals and keep this winning streak rolling to 14 games. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to improve my gut health as I get older. That's something I struggle with every day, and Athletic Greens has worked wonders for me. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, so he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult this was to make it easier for you. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, Major League Baseball scores, fights, NHL Finals, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. A little bit of news uh, before we get into Wednesday's game. The Braves called up Phil Gosselin and moved Ozzy Albies to the 60-day IL. I told you on Tuesday's podcast, Phil Gosselin was the first name that came to mind for me, a guy that can play all over, has some big league experience, and has hit really well at Gwinnett this season. Um, still, it's going to be Orlando Arcia's job. He's going to play at second base every day, but Gosselin may get a start here or there um, and certainly has the experience. Um, they did have to 
obviously put Ozzy on the 60-day IL. That was the only thing I questioned is they would need to open up a roster spot for Phil Goslin, and they do that by putting Ozzy Albies on the 60-day IL. All right, looking at Wednesday's uh, game, you got Spencer Strider going against Eric Fetty of the Nationals. Fetty is somebody who in the past has given up a lot of homers, um, 1.5 home runs per nine innings over his career. But this year he's been much better, just 1.1 home runs per nine innings. But his walk per nine is up significantly and his strikeout per nine are down from last year as well. So be patient, take your walks, do damage when you get your pitch. That's the game plan for the Braves hitters on a Wednesday Eric Fetty has gone more than five innings in just four of his starts this year, and he's given up 13 earned runs in his last three games. So another opportunity for the Braves offense to go to work, put up some big numbers, and hopefully make things easier and not very stressful for Spencer Strider. And Spencer Strider coming off his best start as a big leaguer. My main focus for Strider on Wednesday, control and efficiency. Look, I know the stuff is good. I know he has the ability to dominate hitters and dominate a lineup a second and third time through. And last outing we saw, he was 96, 97 in the fifth or sixth innings. That's more than good enough to be able to get hitters out the second and third time through. We've seen Max Fried and Ian Anderson both struggle with command in the first two games of this national series for whatever reason, whether it's due to the offense having some long innings and perhaps them getting cold whether it's the the weather there in Washington. I know it wasn't great on Monday. Whatever the case may be, you've seen both of those guys struggle with command throughout their start. We saw Spencer Strider, his last inning, just one walk after walking five guys in his previous outing. So the biggest thing for me is control for Strider, not walking any batters, being efficient with his pitches so that he can go five, six innings in this outing. If he can do that, I'm, I'm assuming Juan Soto won't be in the lineup again. So you know, that takes out a key player for the Nationals. So I, this is a lineup that I think Spencer Strider can do well against and put put to back another or put together another good start in back-to-back outings. So a good another opportunity for the Braves to pick up a win, a game they probably should win on paper and continue their winning streak to 14 games. And hopefully we'll see uh, that they'll be able to do that on Wednesday. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 